Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. But I want to go to the Word for just a, a little bit today and, and talk about um, one of our values here as a church. We started last week talking about our foundation. How many are just thankful that our foundation is Jesus? right? It's not uh, Jason's opinion. <laughs> thank, thank the Lord. It's not Jason's opinion, um, which is actually one of the most sobering things when you get up to speak is like, I really hope that this is, and God, just let this be your words, not Jason's latest, greatest thought, because those aren't very good. Um, so uh, we're thankful that our foundation is on Jesus. Amen. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the next one of these, which is talking about community. Um, so I want you to grab your Bibles and your notebooks. I know. Do you see how I did that? Community. We're going to be talking about community, small groups. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> people are still awake. Somebody told me this morning that I have a radio voice and that when I start speaking, everyone falls asleep. So, <sighs> so I'm going to have to start talking like this and then you'll stay awake and listen, and then leave. So <laughs> it was, huh, that's it. All right, you can text message notes to OLC notes uh, to 94,000 and get those to your phone and uh, fill in the blanks. And we're going to jump in here this morning. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for times in your presence. We thank you for what you're doing in our community here at One Life. And I pray just a blessing to be upon your people today. Lord, as we open the word and as we dig in, I pray that there would be encouragement and that there would be life. I pray that you would come to lift up your people today as we receive the word, that Lord, that you would come to just um, encourage the down places. Lord, I pray that where people are fighting uh, anxiety, fear, depression, worry, Lord, I pray that you would come to lift spirits. You would come to encourage your people today. Father, I pray that in this place today, the joy of the Lord would be our strength. Every single one of us, with what we're walking through, with the season that we find ourselves in, Lord, I pray that the joy of the Lord would strengthen us in every single way. We love you so much, and we thank you for this time together to be in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, last week, just by means of recap, we did talk about Jesus, and I just want to put this phrase in case you missed it. This is our core value, our statement around our core value of Jesus as our foundation. He's the one that we build our lives and our church on and the salvation that we anchor our souls in. His words bring life and enable us to mature as we follow him. Just putting a little bit of words around what we actually mean when we say Jesus is our foundation. Um, and you can, these, are, these are all over the place, but you can take pictures, you can save them in your notes to be able to process through that. Today we are going to talk about community, and we're going a little bit out of order, although I guess there's no real order that you need to go in. But we're going to be talking about community. Now, here at One Life, community, we call it our lifeline. Community is our lifeline. Community is our lifeline. Um, how many have ever been at a place before where you've maybe just been at the end of your rope and there's been someone that you've been able to reach out to? And, and you know, sometimes it's a, it's a friendship and a relationship. Sometimes it's a, it's a number that you call that you're able to connect with. But, but you recognize that community. And as you look at scripture, how vitally important community is as a lifeline. It's where we actually get our life source around one another. It's how we build one another up. I love it. A few weeks ago, Ellie talked about prayer. And as she was talking about it, she was talking about how prayer is actually the activation of the nervous system of the church. 
then when you pray, it actually permeates through the church and affects one another. And I love that because that really is the case. We are here to build each other up. We're here to encourage one another. So when we say that community is our lifeline, we say this, that we love the church and believe it is the vehicle of hope to the world. We also believe it to be a lifestyle, not just a single service. We are a community on mission, and it is our joy to live out that mission together. Now, a community on mission, I'm going to dive into a little bit more of what I actually mean when I say this, so we're going to spend a a lot of our time on that, but I I want to say this. I want to set this tone for, for when I talk about a community on mission. Because in our world right now, and this is not a bad thing, this is actually completely normal, there's a lot of different spaces of community that we would find in our culture. And a lot of community is really good. There's clubs, there's social events, there's gatherings, there's things that you can be a part of, there's groups of friends, there's golfing groups, and all of this kind of thing. And it's all built around community. And it's healthy, and it's a good thing to be able to centralize around these things. But the thing I recognize as I read the Bible and I understood about the mission of the church is that there is something that is very, very different from just a normal community and a missional community. That there's a difference between these two things. And, And this is really important for us to understand because if we, as the body of Christ, are going to be salt and light to the world, If we're going to shine the light of Christ everywhere we go, it's really important for us to be able to understand and differentiate between what community is and between a community on mission. Because if we as a church only live out community, it's no different than what the world offers. It's no different than just going to a club or a gathering or a thing like that with just a bunch of people. But there's something different that we carry as the body of Christ. It's really important for us to understand what that is. Now, community is not bad. Again, I'm not knocking community. I'm just saying as a group of believers here, as the church, we have a mission behind our community. And this is something that we need to understand what that is to be able to move forward, right? The community of the church, the community of the church has a mission that was given to us by Jesus. This is a very famous passage of scripture out of Matthew 28. When Jesus is getting ready to ascend back up to heaven, he has his disciples gathered around him and he shares with them this. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. How many are really, really thankful that Jesus put that last point in there? I'm with you to the end of the age. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I'm really glad that you're with me to the end of the age, right? It's, it's, it's a powerful reality that he has right here. But we've been given a mission, okay? The mission of the church is specific. It is to be disciples and make disciples. That's our mission, as the church, is the body of Christ. It's to be a disciple and grow as a disciple And then also turn around and help other people, to disciple other people, to help them grow in their walk with God. It's it's pretty simple. Jesus said it, right? Now, Now, it sounds simple, but then we're like, what does that actually mean, right? When you break down what... um, what that actually means, we're going we're gonna to talk about it out of a passage of scripture, but, but here at One Life, I want to give you the mission of One Life, because uh, th- there's, a, there's a statement that we use a lot, and I want you to understand that it's actually not different than the mission that Jesus gave the church, 
Okay, so, so here at One Life, the mission of One Life Church is to help people, and you guys have seen this, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference, okay? This is what we say, and we have different things and tools and vehicles attached to this. But here's what's so cool about this, because you can look at it and go, well, wait a second. Jesus said the mission is to go and make disciples, and here our mission is to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. So how does that work? If we are disciples, we are people that know God. And because we know God, we've been able to discover and find and live in the freedom that he has provided for us if we follow him. If we follow him as as disciples, we then discover the purpose for which we were made, the reason that God put us and put air in our lungs to be able to breathe here on planet Earth. And when we discover our purpose, we then go and we can make a difference for the kingdom of heaven or otherwise known as make disciples. So even in our mission statement here as One Life Church, a disciple is someone who knows God. A disciple is one who, because he knows God, has found freedom in his life. Freedom from addiction, freedom from pain, freedom from the past, freedom from the things that have held us down. We've allowed the love of Jesus to come and wash over us, to purify us from those things. We've discovered the purpose that God has called us to, and we actually live that out. It's being a disciple. So you didn't even know you were doing it. You were being a disciple the whole time. Now, now here, here's the thing is that when we talk about discipleship, discipleship can actually be of anyone or anything. You, you can be a disciple of, of anyone. You can be a disciple of anything. But it's really important for us to understand as the body of Christ, we're disciples of, of Jesus. We're disciples of Jesus. His voice is the loudest voice in our mind. What he speaks to us are the loudest things in our heart. Now, when it comes back to everything else fades away and what remains is the voice of Jesus. You say it this way. A disciple of Jesus is someone who hears or someone, sorry, reading wrong word. A disciple of Jesus is someone who learns from and follows him. So what are we doing to live out this mission? We're learning from Jesus and we're following him. Pretty basic. Nothing that I'm going to say today, by the way, is going to be rocket science. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, wow, I never knew that. No, I think everything I'm going to say today, you know. But this is why it's so important. These kinds of things are so important for us to remember so that we can make sure that we still are centered around the mission that we still understand what God is doing. We still understand what the point of the church is, and we can rally around that. Now, the thing about discipleship is this. It was never designed to be alone. You are not designed to be a disciple by yourself. In fact, I would even say it this way, that if the belief about discipleship is it's just me, my Bible, and Jesus out in the woods, you will miss a vitally important part of your spiritual growth. Isolation is not something that God intended. Right. See, a lot of stuff, it's, oh, I just, I just get my Bible and I just hear him until he says to not forsake the gathering together in the word. Oh, so I need to be together with people. Oh, got it. But I like the woods. Well, bring some people to the woods with you. <laughs> just want me and my Bible and some people. 
Like, it's not just you and your Bible. Like, have some people, right? It's not designed to be alone. Discipleship requires a missional community. It requires a community. Your spiritual walk, what God wants to do in your life, what he's doing in you right now, requires people to be around you to help you to be able to grow in those areas. You need people to be able to challenge you. You need people to be able to encourage you. You need people to be able to come alongside, and when you're weak, they can pick up your arms and carry you further into what God has. You see, if, you, if all you do is just decide to just run alone, you're only going to be able to run for so long before you have no strength, no virtue. You're wrought with anxiety and fear and depression because there are not people who are speaking life into you. So we need a missional community. This is why small groups are so important. Does this sound like a sales pitch? Sure, it sounds like a sales pitch. <laughs> but it is so true. This is why groups are so key. Now, when I talk about missional community, I already alluded to it, how it's different from just normal community, how there's a mission behind it. I want to give you something out of the book of Acts today that is a differential between community and, uh, and, and missional community this morning. Uh, because when I read the, the, a few verses here in, in Acts 2, I find that a missional community actually has four components that are really, really important to be able to know, am I just doing community and just doing life, or am I actually on mission, right? Because as we look in the book of Acts, the book of Acts is the birth of the New Testament church, And it's a beautiful thing. The day of Pentecost came, and the day of Pentecost, all of them were gathered in in an upper room, and the Holy Spirit came, and tongues of fire sat on them, and they received tongues, and they they spoke out in tongues. And and that day, just just so we're all clear about what happened that was amazing that sometimes we miss when we see the word tongues, what was happening is that in that moment, each of the people was filled with the ability to speak another man-known language that spoke to the 16 countries that had gathered together for the the tabernacle of feasts. And they were gathered from all of these 16 different countries. And so what happened is when the Holy Spirit fell on them, they began to preach the gospel in the known language so that the people visiting looked and go, what in the world is going on? And there were 3,000 people that got saved that day. So all of this had just happened, this powerful outflowing of the Holy Spirit. It was amazing. They were preaching the gospel. Peter stood up and for once in his life said something amazing and not dumb um, because it was the Holy Spirit in him. And so uh, he just went up and he preached the gospel and it was incredible and it was amazing and people got saved. So then, then this really beautiful, simple, raw, messed up, dysfunctional thing started called the church. And I'm saying it that way because here we are in the year 2023 and it's not any different. It's beautiful and it's, it's God's plan and it's gorgeous and it's messy and it's chaotic. And I, I, I just want to tell you right now, um, Thursday night, just to pull back the curtain because, you know, we're all family. Thursday night, we're at worship practice and we were going through it and it was, it was messy. I mean, it was just, it was not working. We kept, Jeremy was there. We kept like looking at each other and it was like, this is what in the world is going on? And it was not right. So we switched songs and we switched keys of songs. And then we did this one without tracks. And this one, it was just like, 
this is not right, right? It was messy. There are things in the church that are messy. That was really cool is that in that moment, the beautiful thing about it is Jeremy was able to come and say, listen, I think, I think we, we're, we're missing the mark here. I think what God wants us to do is simplify, to strip everything back, to get to a place of just being able to be in his presence. And out of that, we were able to go back and really bring some order to this and actually get locked in with the heart of God and the mind of God with what he wanted to do for this weekend. Just to give you an idea that it's not all pretty, you know, we come on Sundays sometimes and we stand in this place and we're like, wow, they've got it all together. Like, this is great. This is fantastic, you know? But, but we're people, and people are messy, you know? It's, it's just the way it is. So it's this beautiful thing that was started. That was a really long tangent. That was amazingly long. It was a beautiful thing that was taking place. The church was being formed. It was gorgeous. And in this, we see in Acts 2, four elements to missional community as we see that what they were living out in the book of Acts. Starting in verse 42, it says this. And they, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing them to all, uh, the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Pretty incredible little passage of scripture. Really cool to see what was taking place in this, right? Four things, though, that stick out to me as I read it. The first one is that there was a devotion to the apostles' teaching. Okay? A missional community is devoted to what? Scripture. To the word of God. Centralized around the word of God. This word devoted here has this idea of being truly present. It has the idea of, of persevering constantly diligent, aligning to, adhering to, and even this idea of waiting on, which means this. The missional community in everything they were doing was focused on the word of God in their lives. Focused on it. Now, that doesn't mean that every time they got together, somebody stood up and preached a sermon, but definitely in how they were living their life. The life that they were living was grounded in scripture and what they had ingested was shaping and changing and molding them into who they were going to be, a missional community. A missional community, and for us here at One Life Church, when we say community is our lifeline, we centralize around scripture. We have to. We have to be devoted to it. Yeah, I want to tell you this, that, that today, the idea of being so grounded and diligently adhering to scripture is something that is going away and it's being destroyed all the time. There's, we, have, we have access to so many opinions, so many thoughts, so many ideas, people that just get a whim of they think they know what it is and they can create a YouTube channel, right? It just gets really crazy. And what the, church, what, what the world needs is a church that says, you know what? I am going to be devoted to scripture, to where when we gather together, the centrality of what we gather together around is scripture. Nothing more, nothing less. Does that mean you could do Bible studies and all that? Absolutely. But it all has to come back to what scripture is. 
We live in a world that needs believers who know the word. We live in a, word, in a world where it needs the power of God flowing through his spoken word to impact people around us. And guess what? We're the carriers of that. You say, well, I, I, I don't feel like I could ever do that. I don't, I don't feel like I could speak. I don't, whew. Can I tell you, there's a lot of guys in the Bible that didn't think that they could speak and couldn't. But when the Holy Spirit put the words of God in their mouth, they delivered something that changed the world around them. You might think, you know what? I don't know if I've got enough understanding of scripture. You have some understanding of scripture. I don't know if I, I haven't been to Bible college. I haven't done all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but what's God telling you out of his word right now? What's he unlocking to you right now? Speak out of that. But what if they ask me a question? Then they ask you a question. And you go, I'm going to find out. Right? But we have to have the word filling us inside of us, which means we have to be a missional community that is devoted to the word. Amen? Amen. Number two, they were committed to fellowship. Now, this is really key, again, because we live, and, and COVID just did a number on our society, where now it's like, oh, no, stay isolated, stay away. You know, you can, you can live your whole life by yourself if you want to. And it just, it destroys people. And you watch through COVID, the amount of depression that just permeated our culture and our world because people were so isolated and on Zoom for eight hours a day. I mean, I remember sitting on multiple meetings on Zoom, like for eight hours a day, I'd come out, and <laughs> I was at home in my office, I'd come out and just be like, I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> like, this is, this, is, this is ridiculous, right? right? It's just, it's terrible. And I think the enemy used COVID to really isolate people and keep them separated because there needs to be fellowship. When you work, look at this, this word, this Greek word, the word is, is a word that you know very well. It's koinonia, koinonia. It's that fellowship of the saints, and, and, and there's a bunch of def definition and things. And when you dig into this word, it's very rich. It's very full. But as I was just studying through, I kind of was processing and trying to boil it down. And I boiled it down to this. For, for me, this is what I got out of the, the definitions around koinonia. It's a commitment to participation. A commitment to participation. Not a, well, I guess I'll just do it when I have to. Like I got this small group thing going on. I guess maybe I'll join a group and show up once or twice. If we're a missional community, we commit to all of it. And the reason is because we understand that for discipleship to take place in our lives, we need one another. So therefore, if my commitment to you is kind of just, hey, whatever, I'm actually cutting off my own legs in the area of discipleship and being able to grow. I need to be connected to you. I need to have a commitment to participate. Yeah. A commitment to participate in your life and a commitment for you to participate in my life. Missional community. Missional community. The next one is this. Prayer. They were committed to prayer. A missional community prays. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you that as we step into this small group season, prayer is the pinnacle of everything that we've been talking about. 
It's permeated through all of our conversations and our thoughts as a team. It's what we keep coming back to to say, you know what? We all need to have this element of prayer continually in all of our community spaces. It's something that you're going to see more on a Sunday morning. We're actually in the process of reworking some things on a Sunday morning where you're going to see more prayer be so evident on a Sunday morning in what we do. At small groups, the goal and what we've been talking with small group leaders about as you go into this semester, make sure that when you gather together, there is time for prayer. Maybe that includes just when you're sitting around, uh, uh, Lana and Casey lead, which I'm going to get to this, but they lead a dinner group, which is fantastic. Maybe it's as simple as them. Oh, everybody likes it. You guys are movie stars. You got everyone's favorite. That's awesome. Uh, Maybe it's simply sitting down that before you eat, you simply say, hey, who has some prayer needs here? Let's take a second before we eat, before we fellowship to pray for the needs that are around the table. But let prayer be something that is so central to everything we do. A missional community is a team that prays. This is a big, big deal for us. The fourth thing is this. They were praising God. They were praising God. Now, praising God looked like going to the temple and worshiping with other believers. Praising God also looks like the life that you live. It's in the words you say and the life you live. So what does a missional community do? A missional community praises God with all of life, with every part, every conversation, every hangout, every opportunity that you have to get together to encourage someone. Because here's the cool thing. As you are encouraging one another and you are using the Holy Spirit inside of you to be able to lift one another up, that actually brings praise to God. When you get together and you say, you know what, you're having a really hard time, but I want you to know that I'm walking with you. And even though it looks like the valley of the shadow of death, I'm right here with you. I'm holding your hand. I'm praying for you. I don't have all the words to say, and I don't need to have all the words to say. I just need to be here in this moment with you. When that happens, and when God looks down at his church, and he sees this kind of community happening, he goes, yes, and we actually bring him praise. So, So they praised God in everything that they did. It was a lifestyle of praise that they had. You understand what it is? So devotion, devotion to the apostles' teaching, to scripture, to the word of God. There was the, the, the fellowship, the getting together, not neglecting the gathering together. There was prayer and there was praising God. Four elements of missional community. As we get ready for small groups to launch, my heart for us as One Life is to have those four things ringing in the back of our mind the entire time we get together. Are we devoted to the word of God? Are we actually committed to one another? We've made a commitment to participate in each other's lives. Are we praying for one another? Are we praising God together? And having these things permeate through every small group, every gathering, every hangout, everything where it's people getting together, two or three families in a house, whatever it is, are these four things always present inside of us? How many think that's a good idea? Okay, all right, we're all on the same page. Okay, good. Now, here's the result. And, as, and, and, and this was true for the church in Acts, but it's also true for us. I want you to grab a hold of this. As we live as a community on mission, and as the, book, as the church in the book of Acts lived on mission, this was the result. The result of a community on mission is the addition of those being saved to the church. That means 
that if we are a community on mission, out in our places of business and our friends and our relationships, then the goal is and the effect is that people will actually look and go, there's something different. You're not just a club. You're not just a group that hangs out. There's something different. And why is it different? And they'll be drawn to you and ultimately God will use it to bring salvation to their life. This is what it's all about. Now let me give you a little bit of a context about Acts. Acts 2, we see this church, right? And we're like, wow, that was so cool. They were just doing life together. It was amazing. Then we understand this, that everyone was in Jerusalem, all 16 countries, which means at some point the 16 countries had to go home. They didn't just stay there. They stayed there for a season, but they went home. And what do we see? We see that they gathered together. They received the Holy Spirit, the teaching, the impartation of what the church was all about, this idea that permeated through them of community on mission. And then they went back to their communities knowing what a community on mission looked like and begin to live it out in their spaces. See, we get to be a community on mission right here and you get to be a community on mission out beyond the four walls. Even if it's your family. You know, for, for, for me, the first line of this is for me and Ellie and our kids to live out a missional community, just our family. Your first line is for you, your spouse, if you're married, kids, if you have them, to live out missional community in your neighborhood right where you're at. Okay? Um. We're right now in between houses and Scott and Rachel have been so, happy, so, so kind to let us stay in their fifth wheel, which has been awesome. And our goal is to get them saved by the time that we leave. <laughs> Couldn't resist. <laughs> oh, that's your goal. See, see how that works there? They have that goal for us. They're going to get us saved. That's wonderful. Oh my gosh. Anyways. <laughs> I couldn't resist. All right. The church went out and still was the, the community. They carried the mission. They carried it wherever they went. It was this powerful thing to be able to do. Now, this wasn't a walk in the park. As the church went out, there was, there was persecution. They had to be so intentional about everything that took place. Like this was a big deal. This is a, this is a map of all the 16 countries that were gathered together in Jerusalem. And then they all went out again. And it was, it was, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. There was, there was persecution. There was people coming against the church. There were people that didn't want the church to succeed. You better believe that when this whole, this whole um, church that was in Acts 2, when they split up, the idea of like, okay, we have to build our own missional communities where we're at. Maybe some of the people that we had relationship with, we don't necessarily have relationship with anymore because they're somewhere else. So we got to build something new here so that we can continue to have protection and growth and discipleship and everything that takes place there, right? So it was really important for them to be able to do. But here's, here's the thing. This is, this is the whole, if I was just to put a, a, a map over everything or a statement over everything that I've said today, is this. Jesus is building his church through missional communities of disciples who understand the mission and live it out. Jesus is building his church, but he uses missional communities. He uses disciples who understand the mission. I get the mission. I get how it's different than what the world offers. And I now want to step into that. Does this make sense? 
Again, we're going to have an opportunity to live this out. For the rest of our time here, before we close, I want to kind of get practical, and I want to walk through the groups that we have meeting um, this semester so that you can see what we have here. We have some awesome groups that are meeting. And I want to just put them in front of you so you can see a name of, of a small group leader to go with it and then uh, be able to sign up. You'll be able to do that after service today. And uh, I, want to just, I want to just go through these uh, together. There's all kinds of groups. It's so cool. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Okay. Um, the first one of these is called uh, Arrows of Grace Homeschool Field Trips. Um, Sarah and Sarah Beth, uh, they, you guys have been doing this for a while. This is not, yeah. How many, how many semesters have you done this? Like two or three. That's a long time. What? It, it goes year round. Oh, it goes year round. It goes year round. There you go. So they're doing a small group, which is exactly what it is. Homeschoolers getting to go out and take field trips. Now, how many know that this is extremely practical? This is fun. This can seem like community. But what happens there is the moms have a bunch of kids that they get to disciple. So even when you're out running around having fun playing, boy, you can be talking about Jesus. And you can help those kids grow in their walk with him, okay? Next one is this that we have. Is, uh, this one I'm really excited. Men's Pure Desire Conquer Series. Um, purity is one of those things, especially with guys, that, um, but with women as well, is um, this, this battle is on the rise in the church. The statistics are staggering about the amount of people that are in some sort of an addiction around their purity. And, uh, and Matt and Jason have both gone through this, this Conquer series, um, which is an incredible, incredible curriculum. Um, it's, it's Bible-based and is so strong to be able to help navigate through what it means to have a, a life of purity. And so they're going to be leading that uh, this semester. It's awesome. The video series is fantastic that they're going to be running. Um, and so that exists for men's. Um, we then have back to the, the fun space, a date night, which uh, Robert and Sarah are going to be leading together, which is going to be, I'm sorry, Sarah and Robert, even though that's, uh, never mind. Anyway, um, Sarah is not Robert and Robert is not Sarah. I didn't notice that until right now. That's funny. Um, they're going to be doing a date night. Uh, one of the things that we build into one another is how uh, we build into our spouses. And so uh, being able to have a time to be able to do that, uh, again, missional, to pray together, to encourage one another and lift one another up. So they're doing date night. Uh, Lana and Casey, by, back by popular demand, are doing, <laughs> are doing their, their dinner group again, uh, which is going to be awesome. This is a real shot of their dinner. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Uh, but they're going to be running dinner group. Um, the, again, the frequency of, of all of these groups are all in the apps. So when you go sign up, you can see when they meet and how often they meet. Um, so that's all in there as well. Um, encounter prayer. Um, this, this is so cool. There is something coming alive in our youth, um, and it is so cool to see. And so uh, Lane, once a month, is going to be leading a, um, a prayer, an hour of prayer before encounter on a Sunday evening. So 5 p.m., all of our youth are going to get together and are going to spend time prayer. I'm going to be there and do some worship. It's just going to be a powerful time uh, to be able to pray and worship with our youth. How many think that that's probably a good idea? Let's have our, let's have our youth get together and worship and pray. So that's awesome. Okay, so that happens. Tonight's the first one, right? Tonight, 5 p.m. at the offices. Um, even if you're not um, a youth, 
Come pray anyway. It'll be great. It's an awesome time just to get together. Okay. Um, the next one uh, that Melody is leading is called Following Jesus. Um, the, I mean, hey, if the mission is to make disciples that follow Jesus, I think that's pretty on par, don't you? I think that, that makes sense. Following Jesus is a little book that we have um, that we give out to people when they've given their life to Jesus. We give them a Bible and we give them this little book. Melody is going to be going through that. Uh, we have that book. If, you, if you're like, you know what? I did just start my walk with Jesus, but I don't know anything about it. Um, come join, come be a part of that. She has extra books that you can do so you can sign up for that. Um, and that's following Jesus. Heart to heart is uh, Make Time for God. Again, another. I love the title because it's just so powerful. This is exactly what we want to do. Miriam and Matt are going to be leading this group, and it's an opportunity just to get and create some space and create some time to be able to just pause, get into the word, um, encouragement. Again, devoted to the apostles' teaching, devoted to the word of God. Another fellowship one here that we have is Meet uh, Meet Me in the Middle, which is a ladies' fellowship group led by Sarah. And all the details on uh, all the frequency and all that is going to be there. Uh, And this is going to be a great time to be able to just get together um, as women and do that. We do have another women's one that I'll highlight here in a second. Uh, And then on the men's side of things, we have a Tuesday morning uh, discipleship group called Men Stepping Up. And it literally is just going chapter by chapter through the Bible, discussing it. Um, We're going now through Genesis. We're in Genesis 3 this week. Um, And it's cool because we're able to talk through some tools about how you can actually read the Bible and learn and get some things out of it. And so we go through that. That's on Tuesday mornings. Uh, It's an early one. Dwayne and Mark are leading that one, which is fantastic. And also, Dwayne and Mark's pictures are going to stay up there for the next one. They are doing a monthly monthly men's breakfast, uh, and that actually is this Saturday. Is that you change the the times, and so it's this Saturday is the first one of those, um, and so you can sign up for that one to be a part of it. There, um, Dwayne and Sheila are leading one called the Middle Table Food and Friends, and they called it the Middle Table because it it really is for people that are in the middle. Maybe their their kids are grown or on their way out, but they're not fully you know retired and in that season of life but they don't have kids. And so it's, it really is the middle. It's like we're, we're right in the middle, right? And so they get together once a month, have food, pray for one another, discuss. It's awesome. Um, this next one is a small group, but it's, it's, it's more than I think a small group is um, our prayer chain. Uh, Melody oversees our prayer chain. And every week, um, which you might not know this either, and I lost my, oh, there it is. Okay, here we go. Props, props are important. Um, on the connection card, on the bottom, there's a place for prayer requests. Um, that you can drop in every week. And Melody gets them every week and she puts these, unless they're marked confidential, she puts them out to our prayer chain. And anybody who's a part of that can pray, can receive those updates, can put something in there about praying. And so it's awesome. Um, this, This is not a small group that meets but it's something that continues to go on. And so I would encourage you to sign up. I would encourage the whole church to sign up for this because then what happens is as there are needs that arise of people in the congregation, you're able to be aware of those things. Um, We also have people that are part of it now that will post their own things in there, their own needs and and things that way. Um, And so um, I would encourage you to be a part of it. It's amazing just to be able to know the needs that are taking place in the church and how we can support uh, that. And then Melody and Ellie are leading a group called Women's Prayer. 
Uh, and this is going to happen, I think, Wednesday mornings. Uh, and again, just an opportunity for women to get together and to pray, to lift each other up, to encourage one another. Um, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and then this one is great, and he's not here today because he has a sick kiddo. But uh, Trevor is going to be leading football and fellowship on Monday nights. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. I knew that one would get some response. Okay, just remember devoted to the apostles' teaching, <laughs> fellowship, prayer, praising God, right? Just remember, I'm just kidding. Uh, Trevor's got a cool program that he's, he's built out. There's going to be a devotional that everybody does at the beginning, um, and then there's going to be games and Monday night football and all that kind of stuff that's going to be there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And then there is another ladies' night out, which are led by two powerhouse uh, sisters-in-laws, Sister-in-laws? Sisters-in-law. I don't know how you say it. Anyway, Lauren and Bree are going to be leading this. Now, what's cool about this one, so there's the two fellowship groups. This one is actually later. And, and here's the reason, is, is how many uh, moms have to like help get kids to bed, right? And so they start, I think, well, Lauren, like 8 o'clock or something? Yeah, it's like an 8 o'clock start or something like that um, to where you can actually get out and then spend the evening together. So for you that are night owls and want to get out and do that, um, you can, and that would be wonderful. Okay, uh, I want to put a QR code up here for you, and you can also text OLC Connect to 94000. You get a link to your phone that has all of the information in there so that you can sign up. And additionally, when I dismiss service in a second, you'll be able to go out. We have people at tables where you can actually do the the old school write your name down and your, your leader will get a hold of you that way. Um, you know, it's old school, but sometimes it works better than the other stuff that's out there. Um, so that's out there. You can sign up afterwards. Um, how many see something within that that you're like, oh yeah, I, I think I could step into something like that. There's some stuff that actually has, there's some interesting things there, right? Um, so I would encourage you before you leave today, um, again, all of these small group leaders that, are, uh, that have uh, put their picture up, they're going to be out in the lobby and they can help you get signed up for a group, either their group or another group that you saw and you want to be be a part of, they'll help you do that. Okay, again, let me just recap. All of these groups meeting are all for the purpose of helping us to be a community on mission. That's the goal of this season and the semester. As One Life, how are we going to be a community on mission? And small groups are an amazing, amazing way for us to be able to do that. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray today uh, to close service, and then I'm going to go ahead and dismiss. And again, don't don't rush off before you've had an opportunity to sign up for one of these. Uh, you can you can do it now, just on your phone, not while I'm praying, but after I'm done praying, then you can. Uh, or you can go sign up afterwards out there, and uh, and let's have a let's have a good semester. It's going to be a good semester. I, I really believe it. There's some great groups meeting, uh, and it's going to be awesome. So uh, let me pray, and then we'll dismiss. And uh, just like always, we do have prayer teams that will be down here after I dismiss. If you have something specific that you just need someone to spend a few minutes praying with you about, they're going to be down here. You can come receive prayer before you head out. Right outside the doors, there's two tables across our extremely small lobby, um, and uh, they are there to help you get signed up. So just go right out the doors across, and you'll see those tables there to be able to help you get signed up, okay? All right. Why don't we stand? You guys good? All right. Let's pray and then we can get out and sign up and, uh, 
move on. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, that, um, you, that you created this idea of community. I thank you that you put it together. You, you created, you fashioned this whole thing. And the Father, that we get to be in community with one another and a missional community that actually is built around building the kingdom, extending the kingdom, making disciples. Lord, I pray that you would help us as we step into this semester to be about that mission. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a missional community, a community that's focused around extending the kingdom in, in our own lives and in the lives of those around us. Father, I just pray that you would bless every person here. Help us as we step into groups. I pray that the ones that start this week, Lord, that you would strengthen them, that you would speak through them, that you would move through them. Anoint the leaders of these groups. Uh, help them to be able to have clarity of the spirit of what they're supposed to be able to do and how to lead in that. Lord, we thank you so much and thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.